Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So a quick question, show of hands, don't be shy. Show of hands. Who knows everything that they don't know? Raise your hand. Do you know everything about yourself that you don't know? Raise your hand. Well, maybe another, maybe a better way to ask this question is looking at what you know about yourself and then to imagine what you don't know about yourself, which one is the bigger arena? There you go. I like that question a lot better. Okay, let's back up. Okay, one quick question for you. What's a bigger arena for you? What you know about yourself or what you don't know about yourself? You know, I'm I'm super excited about tonight's episode because we're we're talking about your soul. The topic tonight 911 911 from your soul, and our guest tonight is Janine Thompson. We're going to bring her on in just a minute. But nine one one from your soul is is the name of her latest book. Nine one one from your soul. So, as we've talked about on the show many times, the the mm, idea of a soul, the archetype of a soul, the persona of a soul, I don't think the ego is qualified, let alone capable, of really accurately describing the the vastness of what a soul is. And we all have a soul. But, you know, the day you were born, you didn't have an ego, per se, not one to speak of. None of us had an ego the day we were born, but our soul was there. Our soul has been with us in every moment, but we kind of grew an ego. We grew our egos in our family of origin, and that set us up for a sense of self. Who are you? If you were to answer that question, you would describe your sense of self, of who you are. And yet every single one of us has this extremely unique experience living out our persona, our our soul personified. Every one of our egos is a complete and unique persona. This uh, the show. We're in our twelfth year. We've been doing this a long time, and the and the essence of the soul, the the essence of the show, is our human potential. What is it about our human potential that we're not aware of? What is it about our human persona that we're not aware of? And, and how can we leverage that to improve our life, to, to have a more rewarding life, a more fulfilling life, a more perhaps compassionate life, and even a, a passionate 
expression of our life. It's uh, it's such a pleasure having episodes like we're going to have tonight. And I want to take a moment and thank you, the listener. From all over the world, um, Australia, Japan, Colombia, Brazil, Britain, India, Ukraine, Canada, and of course here in the United States, I just want to thank you, the audience. That's what gets me up in the morning is is to bring you episodes to help you recognize more of who you are. So I want to thank you for showing up for yourself. Here you are, the listener, poised and ready. And uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about some very powerful things because anytime you focus your attention on the soul, Man, talk about an aspect of ourselves that we perhaps can't ever fully comprehend. We should at least poke it with a stick, you know. <laughs> we should at least uh, lift up the, lift up, look under the rocks and behind the the hiding space and and find a deeper understanding of just who we are. What an exciting time to be alive! I suggest. Uh, that perhaps our archetypes of what a hero is, uh, uh, um, those descriptions of successful human beings, we've had so much upheaval in the world that I think a new definition, a new idea of of um, fully awakened, I know that the term woke and awaken has been poked at a lot lately, but I mean, I mean the the genuine alchemist, the genuine mystic, the sage that can walk into the karmic tsunami and look through the chaos and see a deeper truth, and then bring it through their persona into understanding for the collective. Bring it through their persona as a new manifestation, a new direction, a new outcome for the collective consciousness. I think we're going to see many, many um, souls have that kind of a, a journey. I think we should get to it because I know Janine's uh, a very passionate speaker and uh, the topic is phenomenal. So again, the topic tonight is 911 from your soul. Our guest is Janine Thompson and That's the title of her latest book. Janine is a transformational coach, speaker, and author whose breadth of knowledge and experience spanned multiple disciplines and professional expressions from clinical psychotherapy to global business to advancing spiritual growth. Now talk about tools in the toolbox. That's quite a collection. And the core of her diverse career is a passionate dedication to helping individuals live their highest potentiality. Damn, we ought to have her on the show. She shares her journey and how others can reach their full potential in her first book, 911, <clears throat> excuse me, from the soul. Join me in welcoming Janine to the show. Janine. It's so nice to finally have you on the show. Thank you, Les. I'm so excited to be with you and your listeners. Very nice. 
Well, now, 911 from our soul, that the title of that, 911 is that panic call. 911 is that, oh my gosh, I'm in over my head kind of call. Can you tell us how you came to write a book about 911 from your soul? Yeah, uh, absolutely. The phrase 911 from your soul actually came from my own personal experience. Uh, it was a time in my life where the details of my life looked great from the outside. It looked like I had it all. I had great kids, a big job, the house, travel. And I think by outward or external definitions, I uh, had achieved uh, success. I was interested in achieving more, but by all definitions, I had kind of made it. Yet inside, there was this persistent yearning. I would wake up frequently at 3.33 a.m., and I just kept hearing there's something more for you. And I could not, for the life of me, figure out what was missing. I, I, and ultimately, it led me on this search that brought me to yoga and Reiki. Uh, I'm a certified former registered yoga teacher and, and Reiki master. And uh, I think life had a giggle. I used to make fun <laughs> of those things right. <laughs> as an evidence-based psychotherapist. But something really beautiful happens when you no longer have the answers. When everything that had created my success, my education, the teams around me, experts, when all of the external um, solutions were no longer sufficient and weren't working, it led me on that journey. And it was through yoga and Reiki uh, where I actually first became familiar with the union of mind, body, and spirit. And... um, was this ginormous shift from outer expertise, inward home to my soul. And uh, when I finally started listening in meditation and I heard what I was supposed to do, which was to bring the power of love and soul into business, um, I got scared. <laughs> and I... I thought, oh, my gosh, I used to be a former Fortune 50 executive. I cannot go back into business talking about soul for potential and the power of love. And I feared, um, I feared you know, being rejected. So I started playing small. And uh, for all of us, when we start playing small and ignoring the knowings of our soul and start hiding out, Uh, it's going to impact our life. And it started to impact my life in a big way. It it started to hurt my business because the tribe I was supposed to be serving couldn't find me because I wasn't speaking about it. Um, And eventually, you know, I decided to be brave and vulnerable and began bringing the language of soul, the experience and uh, strategies of soul into client sessions. And to no surprise, I should say to no uh, divine surprise, they were fire. Like the clients loved them. They were um, living fully alive and on fire and uh, succeeding in all the ways that were meaningful to them. 
So my 911 was that, you know, I had to learn that only from the inside on that inward interior journey could I discover the truth of what the intelligence of life wanted to move through me um, at, at this juncture, at this chapter in my life. Very nice. Well, the, the, the whole idea of nine one one, or some people call it a cosmic two by four, so to speak. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's a way, perhaps, for our soul to get our ego out of the rut, <laughs> out of right, the because... ignorance, out of the. So um, we were talking before the show about. Um, perhaps, uh, or maybe I saw it in your book, about um, we had opportunities for awakening in our past. We had opportunities to tune into this inspiration. And if our, it seems like if our ego keeps ignoring the tug of our heart or the inspiration of our soul, then it's got to get out the, the 911. It's got to get out the big event to kind of shatter our our ego's grasp, so to speak, on reality, if that makes sense. Uh, how would you describe um, your reaction as you went through that upheaval in your own transformation? Well, you know, I think that there are different levels of 911s, right? So at first, mine was a whisper and an invitation. I kept hearing the guidance of what to create, who to serve, how to do it, and it was just a persistent whisper that I kept shoving down. So had had I been ready at that time, I probably could have avoided some of the fear and the heartache and the challenge and struggle I went through, you know. Um, But I think that there is a divine timing and the distinction with the 911 is there's this magnetic pull inward. Like new questions start to bubble up. Uh, you start asking questions like, what is the purpose of life? What am I to do with my life? And um, that doesn't happen with every stressor. You know, I had been through quite significant stressors earlier in my life, in my 20s and 30s, uh, and even in high school with the death of two friends, none of those became a 911 for me. This time, (laughs) with feeling lost and not having the answer, and then when I got the answer, refusing to live my truth out loud, became a 911 because it brought me to the exploration of divine consciousness. Nice. Willing to live it out loud. Willing to perhaps, I don't want to put words in your mouth, like, but to fully embody it, to fully own it. Absolutely. Like I said, I was hiding out, playing smaller. And I think a lot of us do that because in our human nature, we're scared that we might not belong or be accepted or fit in, right? And right. only after, you know, regular 
um, practices where I would tune into my true nature, uh, my heart's intelligence and the will of my soul, did I muster up the courage and bravery to embody who I really was. Very nice. Uh, From my perspective, I think uh, these last two years is kind of a collective consciousness, 911. It's kind of a collective consciousness. Uh, it's like humanity's going through puberty. <laughs> it's a, and and for many of our listeners, this will these these years, these days, might be the time when their their life path, their life purpose, might shift in a deep and dramatic way. And like you were saying, it's not always easy to kind of step into new ground. You know, it's like uh, in the past 30 years, I worked in TV. I know TV. Well, now you need to write books. Well, what do I know about writing books? How can <laughs> you, exactly. you know what I mean? Yes, I so do, do you, indeed. How do you own it when you feel like a rookie to it? Yeah, I think that is... Um, a great question, and I'm going to come to that in a in a minute. I want to share a couple examples of different ways 911s can present, because I nice. think how they own it will be dependent be dependent upon how it expresses itself or unfolds for them. So a 911 can look different uh, for everyone. For some people, um, they just feel lost and unsure about what's next in their life, and all of their traditional go-to strategies that served them well in the past are no longer working. For other people, they just wake up, and what used to make them feel alive and on fire, um, what used to bring them joy is just falling flat. It's just blah. There's no juice there. For some, it will be that more gentle call initially that something's missing or off or there's a greater possibility that wants to be birthed through you. Um, For others, they might be right now being asked to radically change some aspect of their life Uh, or it can seem like life is actually forcing a change on them. Some part of their familiar identity has either been shaken or maybe even stripped away whether it's a marriage or finances or loss or some part of who they thought they were in terms of their roles is uh, turned upside down. And they're not sure who they are anymore or what, how to make sense of life or how to even move forward. Um, for others, it's playing small, you know, if you close your eyes right now, do you know that there's that you're called to do something or you're drawn to something? You've got something you want to explore or some bigger stage that you know you're meant to play on, but you're scared like I was. So you kind of take the safe route until life rearranges for you and you can't help but face it, you know? Right, yeah. So all sorts of different examples of how 911s might um, present. But I think how you begin 
owning it is actually by not trying to figure it out. It's the opposite of what we're taught less, you know. (laughs) Most of us were taught, use your brain, figure it out, go to the experts, go, you know, go external, get all the guidance and then follow it because there's a certain path and this is the path to what's right, what success is. But I think the best thing you can do when some of these things are going on is to simply learn how to create stillness in your life and listen because um, the true gift is is we actually don't have to figure it out. In fact, we can't figure it out. We think we are with our heads. But, um, but the intelligence will reveal itself through stillness. I got to think that um, there's part of our egos that would go, wait a minute, I don't have to figure it out? Woohoo! Woohoo! I'm free! I'm free! <laughs> because, I mean, how many, how many people's lives got turned upside down in the past couple of years? For example, oh, I, if, if, you're, so many. If, yeah. if your bread and butter was conventions, meeting at big convention centers, that just fell off the radar. That was like G-O-N-E gone. And if the ego, uh, that that's just it. The the egos where the, the stress and worry and fret comes from, and the soul doesn't have any need for those. It's it, it it seems counterintuitive, like you said. We're kind of taught that our mental capacity will see us through every challenge if we just <laughs> learn to discipline our busy busy mind. But it's just the opposite to quiet our busy mind, to to slow the train down, to come to a place of rest, to a, to a place of stillness. How, I mean, if, if somebody hasn't given stillness a shot, um, what, are, what are some ways we can look at stillness as a go-to resource? Because, I mean, the word stillness in and of itself doesn't, uh, conjure up the idea of answers or, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's the opposite of what we're told. First of all, most right. of us are told that it's unproductive, it's idle time. And listen, when we're in yearning or challenge or crisis, we feel a sense of urgency. So our inclination is we got to move, we got to figure it out. But here's the, here's a deeper truth, that in Stillness is when we lose our busy mind. You know, we have 70,000 thoughts a day or more per the, uh, per the research. We've got such an active brain full of our personality and our ego, what I call our conditioned self that's full of biases. And, um, but when we sit down, you can become still through just literally... Um, closing your eyes, saying the words, I intend to still. I am still. And then we've got to shift our awareness from that busy brain and those 70,000 thoughts to the core of our being. So I tell people, place one hand on your heart center, one hand on your belly. 
because we follow touch in our body. And then just consciously feel your breath. Like feel your hands rise on the inhale. Feel your hands fall on the exhale. And consciously just be with that breath and listen. And if you're like me, you're going to say, I can't do it. Because that's what I used to say. I'm like, are you flipping kidding me? There is no way. I am busy. I'm in a plane 200 to 300,000 miles a year. I'm a single mom. want to be there for my kids. I want to be there for my job. I seriously do not have time to be still. No thank you. Um, but I decided to give it a go. Uh, despite all my resistance and all my stories, it would be impossible. And I started with just 30 seconds. I'd set the phone on the alarm and just close my eyes, hand on heart center and belly, and just join the breath. And invariably less, my busy active brain would say, wait, you need to do this, make this call, go to the store. My active brain would kick in. It was not still or silent. And I would just retouch again, and I would do that for 30 seconds, and I worked up to two minutes, and I just congratulated myself on the practice. It didn't have to be still. It didn't have to be silent. But I was beginning a new habit of learning how to tune into the truth of who we are in our heart's intelligence. And over time with stillness, what it's amazing, life will speak. <laughs> Whispers within, new creative sparks. Maybe you're in a grocery store, you hear something, or you overhear something on the radio. And the intelligence somehow of life, it's very clever, very, very clever, will, will reach you. And if you're absolutely sure that you can't, Sit still, although I challenge you, everyone on this call, at least once a day, ideally in the morning and at night, um, 30 seconds to two minutes, no matter how busy you are, uh, we've all got 30 seconds to two minutes. And for some people, it might look different. They might lose their busy mind in a freeing run. They just, once they're running, they lose that active mind. Or maybe it's via music or painting, or standing, staring into a candle flame, or a walk in nature where the expansiveness of the sky helps you lose your busy mind. We're all different, and the ways to lose our busy mind or soften that mind are different. So experiment, test, and play. Well, very nice. Now, for yourself... What are what came out of that for you? How are you different? How do you experience your life that is different because of your practice of stillness? Mm. Wow. Um, everything's different. Who I know myself to be. Like if you would have heard me before my twenties and my thirties, I would have you would have heard me say I a lot less. I have to do this. I have to take care of this. It's all up to me. And I thought I was the one in charge of this whole gig. 
you know again right. life had a good life has had many good giggles with me um, <laughs> on my learning journey and so i think one of the things that it taught me is that um only only inward can we find the peace and the joy and the meaning that we're actually seeking and then we can turn that into love and compassion and wisdom for others and for the planet. So it's changed me that I get we're actually designed to live our life from the inside out. It changed me in that I now know we have three brains. I never knew that. As much science, I was an evidence-based psychotherapist. I'm a complete nerd. I still love reading (laughs) research. I love the whole continuum between science and the etherical. Um, But now I understand that it's not an either-or proposition. It's the beauty of the and. We need to use... uh, the brain and our gut, you know, when we have those instincts, that part of our brain that says, let's do this. We need to use the brain in our heart, which is the largest brain, um, where the heart's intelligence, what mystics and scholars used to call the spiritual heart, that's where the gold is. Oh, my gosh, it is so delicious. It's amazing. Uh how we can tap into infinite wisdom there in that spiritual heart. And then, of course, we need our head brain, the one we, we've we all been taught was the go-to. And it's important uh, in terms of organizing and logic and acting, but we now know there's actually an ascending flow of intelligence, gut, brain, heart. It goes up, not the other way around, you know. So that's changed my life. And I think probably the most important is going back to the used to hear me say I a lot. I now recognize at 57, took me a while over the years, <laughs> that uh, there's an utter intelligence and brilliance to life that will move to you. It will move away from you. It will move for you. And you don't have to figure it all out. You know, in fact, I couldn't have, right? There's no way somebody would say, hey, go be a clinical psychotherapist, and then you're going to be a Fortune 50 exec, because I had never even taken a business class in college. And then, by the way, you're going to become a Reiki master and yoga teacher. There's just simply no career coach Simply my mind couldn't have come up with that path. That's the beauty of the intelligence of life. If we will surrender into listening and softening the mind from constantly wanting to figure everything out. Very nice. Well spoken. So um, I don't want to turn on the business mind too much but imagine a pie chart oh my god how how could this go so if if before the awakening we had a pie chart of our three brains 
And the pie chart was all one color because we were 100% in our ego, in our minds. And then fast forward through the transformation of self, and now we have a pie chart with three relatively equal size pieces, and that's the intelligence of our gut, the intelligence of our heart, and the intelligence of our mind. We were talking before the show about looking to see to look at something and see it with a new perspective. How does how does our experience of our children, our friends, our our business interactions, how does that how does that transform when we have more awareness that's not from our mind? How have you experienced um seeing um with with a new perspective? I, uh, a couple of things. One, uh, in the book I talk about earth view and soul view. So before my 911, I predominantly lived from my earth view. And when we walk through life in an earth view, it is as our conditioned self or our learned self of our personality, our ego, community messages, cultural messages, And they're usually messages that are, um, you're not enough, do more, right? I mean, even from kindergarten, we want to be in first grade. In first grade, you want to be in second grade. In second grade, you want, I mean, our whole life, we always think it's going to be the next thing, right? So when I became aware of the soul view, it changed everything. So when I would have um, thoughts, you know, part of my 70K, when I listen to them, now I can sit back and go, okay, Janine, I usually call myself Punkin or Beloved, and I'd say, okay, Punkin, is that your 5 a.m. false self? You know, if I'm being overly critical on myself or I'm super worried about something. And then I'll, I'll joke with myself and say, hmm, I wonder what the soul view would have to say. I wonder what myself as a soul would have to say. And the soul's voice is always going to be loved-based. It's always going to be, you've got this. You can do this. You've done tough stuff. You're not alone. You never travel alone. And so it shifts I mean, it shifts everything. I walk through life now. I walk through nature, not in my earth view when I used to go on a walk because I wanted exercise and I was probably taking a conference call at the same time and or minimally planning out my next PowerPoint, right? Right. Now I walk through nature in the soul view and I get to fall in love with life again, like every single flipping day because it's, you get drawn into the awe and the wonder and the beauty of a sunset can both take your breath away and give you give you breath. So it changes everything. It changes how I view my children as souls who are infinite, um, and all of us, by the way, <laughs> but just navigating in these uh, wonder suits of a body we live in. And for business, wow. I mean, I think 
business is the largest breathing organism alive. Wow. Yeah, well, think about it. There's nothing, nothing that business does not touch. It touches the land. It touches the air. It touches all creatures, human creatures, plant creatures, animal creatures. There is nothing in our world that business doesn't touch. And everybody's part of a business. Some of us own businesses. Uh, Some of us work for people in business. But at minimum, all of us shop from businesses. So I think the power of a business to be the greatest change agent in the world is what keeps me up at night and gets me so excited because it's through each of us, each one of you listeners on the phone, I'm telling you, you are part. You're you're part of the great magic. Whatever... Um, whatever brings you alive, whatever brings you joy, whenever you share love, whenever an idea comes to you, you're part of the great invitation, not only to reset this global 911 or maybe your individual 911, but we can create, and and I honestly believe this with the trillions of cells in my being, we can create heaven on earth, all of us. Very nice. The um, we've talked about the upheaval of 2020 and the last couple of years. The there's really I don't think we can conjure up a big enough number, but trillions and trillions of of dollars uh, metaphorically of new dynamics, new paradigms, new. Narratives that humanity's really hungry for. Our hearts want a more authentic storyline, and the vehicle of business can be just the ticket for that. Well, I want now. I want to shift a little bit because uh, I very much appreciate how how mindful you've been with this relationship between your sense of self and your soul. Yeah. So imagine. Uh, um, you're going through your life before the awakening, whatever, and so many people live in their heads all the time, and then, boom, there's this awakening and a, and a new narrative, a new trajectory, a new purpose in life. What if, this is a metaphorical question, what if, what would it look like if a soul got really, really good all throughout the day, to let the soul decide what you had for breakfast. Um, I mean, every little nuance, because what we're talking about with the big awakening is you've been in business now, now you're going to be in spirituality. Okay, that's that's a pretty broad stroke. But what about the soul's inspiration in the little things of our life? How could How could that dynamic evolve or change? What do you think? Well, I think that is, well, thank you. You just teed up the invitation of my book, (laughs) really, (laughs) you know, Uh, unknowingly, thank you. Uh, The core of my book is called The Soul Solution, and they are seven uh, key principles, soul, mind, heart, body, gratitude, service, and love. And honestly, 
the answer to your question to me is I would love this soul solution to be on everyone's bathroom mirror, you know, in their note tablet, on their phone, wherever it is, because they are, it's like a blueprint for daily living where you can invite the truth of who you are, that unlimited you, uh, the soul view of you to take the helm and to actually guide your daily actions. And so uh, in, in the book, in The Soul Solution, I talk about, hey, here's the earth view of soul and here's the soul view of soul. And they're, they're so completely different. If you were speaking to a neighbor, the earth view of mind, you might have an inside story that says, oh, get me out of this conversation. <laughs> I'm kind right, of done yeah. with them today, right? And yep. your soul view might say, hmm, where can I find the love here? What, where, what might I appreciate here? Like it fundamentally changes how you interact with people. It changes how you move through your day. It changes your access to the quality of solutions. In our earth view, we're never enough. Think of almost every commercial, (laughs) many magazines. What do they tell us? They tell us we're not enough. You don't have the right retirement. You don't have the right clothes. You're too short. You're too small, you're too thin, you're too large, you've got too much nose, you're too much this and not enough that. In our soul view, we actually know that um, we are uh, perfect just as is, and it knows exactly why you're here and what choices are best for you, and all all of life that's seeking to be lived and come alive through you. Very nice. Very nice. Well spoken. Um, well, can we have more than one nine one one? I mean, uh, because uh, what what you're talking about is um, to tune in, so to speak, every day. We would stay connected to that. Um, that inner knowingness, and typically the nine one one is when we ignore it or push it down or or we can't see it for ourselves. Um, how do, how do you uh, as far as going through your life, do you expect to have new trajectories, new um, changes in? in your life dynamic because what you've shared with us now is quite a f- several completely unique perspectives. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, the psychotherapist and Reiki might not be in the same, same camp. <laughs> no, I, like I said, I used to make, I totally used to make fun of it. And right. uh, I, <laughs> I think that was part of my invitation. We often, um, <laughs> You know, we make fun of or maybe even ridicule that which we don't understand. Right. And then life offered me an invitation to uh, develop a beginner's mind and listen with a pure heart. And it changed everything. When, but, uh, 
go ahead. When I got cracked open um, 25 years ago, I had no clue that I would become a podcast host and an author right. and a <laughs> philosopher. But yeah, it, when I pay attention day in and day out, my soul is showing me stuff that my ego's like, what this? I mean, because. Um, I like the saying that says, my age is none of my business. And Mm -hmm. I think our soul will give us a dynamic, vibrant life, regardless of our past, regardless of our condition, regardless of our age. If we stay tuned in to that infinite uh, well or, or flow of inspiration, our lives can expand over and over and over through completely through our life. Yeah, I think that's what we're designed to do, right? But I think it will look unique for everyone, right? So you right. ask me, you know, do I expect changes in my life again? I do. You know, that's just, it seems like it's about a 10-year pattern, 10-year psychotherapy, 12 <laughs> years in, in global business, and now we're in... 10, 11 years, I guess, as a transformational coach. And, yeah, I expect that there will be new iterations of how I'm called to serve life, you know, because we are here to serve life. And that's a very different paradigm than most of us have been oriented towards what can I get from life. And I think, by the way, (laughs) there's a lot of accoutrements in life I love and very much appreciate. So there's nothing wrong with that as long as it's in harmony with who you're called to be in a given moment. And sometimes it's little stuff. Maybe you're in a conversation with somebody and you know you've squelched your voice they said something that doesn't sit well with you or is maybe hurtful or you completely have a different perspective you'd like to bring to the conversation, but you squelch your voice. You're going to feel a tightening in your body, and that's your soul's way and that contraction of saying, hey, hey, you, we need you to be you. We need every single bit of you to be you. There's nearly 8 billions of expressions of love and light on this world. And uh, yours is unique. So let's light it up, baby, and shine, shine <laughs> as you. We should, we, this should be taught in our schools. I mean, I don't know oh. how many times I've had guests on the show that have written a book about their life getting turned around and how how the transformation of self has been just life changing and mm-hmm. and and why is it why is it only in the fringe this should i mean it almost seems like maybe junior high or high school um maybe well maybe even before that i'd say it's even children there's even simple ways we can teach kids you know but yes absolutely we need the shift and and it's growing I mean, it's growing. We just need more. Like if every listener today said, you know what? I am going to pay attention to the earth view. I'm going to ask when I'm thinking, when I'm speaking, I'm going to go, hmm, 
that part of my personality or my ego, my conditioned self, that's limited speaking? Or am I speaking with what I call uh, um, the jewels of the soul, Teresa of Avila called them, you know, compassion, wisdom, love, harmony, unity. You know, there's tiny little things we can do each day. This is not learning how to move through life as the embodied soul we are doesn't have to be challenging. I it, it can, as you've heard me say before, it's always loving, but it's not always comfortable. When I was right. asked to become a voice for the power of love and expanded potential via soul and business, seriously was not comfortable I, I, on any <laughs> level. <laughs> and I hit out, but your soul thank goodness, uh, knows, knows that that was part of my path and wasn't going to give up until it could get, until it could reach me. Well, love is powerful. I mean, that's not a little thing to, I mean, if you, if you poke at love and, and get it stirred up, if you poke it and poke it and get it stirred up and awaken the love in you, That'll, that'll clean your clock in a very wonderful way. You, you taste you taste the fruit of living from a place of love in your persona. You you get a stride doing that, and everything else that is pale in comparison. Love is, I mean, for you to for you to be uh, inspired to take the power of love into the business environment. That's no small matter. I mean, that's taken <laughs> that's taken a really powerful um, aspect of of humanity, really, and and then going to the business arena and stir it up. Kudos to you. Thank you. It's why I hid out for a while and played small, <laughs> right. but I can't anymore. But I want to say a couple of things about love. I, um, you know. There's three levels of our heart. So if you think of like Russian stack dolls, we've got we've got our physical heart, our pump organ. You've got the emotional heart, which we all know, right? That feeling of first love, or maybe a that sunset that was just gorgeous, or maybe a heartbreak. It's the emotional heart, but then the deepest heart, the deepest energy of the heart, is the spiritual heart. And that's where, that's where all your your answers lie. Anything you might want to know t- uh, tonight, or as you're listening in the replay, if you need creative solutions, if you need courage, if you need to be held, whatever it is you seek, love is intelligent. It's not only powerful; it's actually intelligent. And that's where I think we've underestimated love. Like, you can ask love. When you have a question, close your eyes and ask love. Simply say, love, show me the way. What's my next right action? And you might not hear in that moment, but I promise you if you walk through life, just kind of noticing what you notice, Whatever you notice, um, it has a, a love note for you, and ask it what it what it is. 
So don't forget that love is intelligent. And every day I ask love. I ask love to for answers. I ask love for guidance. I ask love to, to just show me the way. And it shows up in the darndest of ways. One day in a basil leaf. And so <laughs> that story is in my book, a true story. Um, so it will show up in unsuspecting ways. But know that love, the, the, the spiritual heart love, is unconditional, always got your back, always, always available. The emotional heart love can be, uh, oh, my gosh, can be so beautiful and honestly it can feel pretty devastating at times too but we need to separate that out when we feel crushed by love that is the emotional love and if we can just take one more layer off like imagine pulling one more layer of the doll off and then boom there's that sanctuary that treasure trove of the spiritual heart that is is never changing Very nice. Very nice. Uh, I love talking about love. Well, uh, time can fly by pretty fast when you're having fun. Um, I want to turn the focus on you, on your book, on your webpage, on any services or modalities that you would work with clients. Share all of that with our listening audience, if you would. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Les. So uh, for those of you who have resonated with uh, our conversation tonight and maybe some of these wisdom bits, and for anyone who feels like there's more for you in life or if you're experiencing a yearning or a challenge or crisis and you need, you need a new way, a, a more robust way to understand the power of who you are, uh, and to grow beyond and emerge uh, as the fullness of the, the wisest true you. I invite you to pre-order my book. It launches uh, Tuesday, September 6th. You can find it on Barnes & Noble. You can find it on Amazon in different countries. So wherever you might be, 911 from your soul. Uh, and may it just deeply uh, touch your heart and empower you beyond what you can imagine. Uh, you can also find me at my website, JanineThompson.net. Uh, my service offerings are there. I do transformational coaching and speaking. There's a bunch of free resources there. I also have other people on my website featured because it takes a village <laughs> for all Hi. of us. Uh, you can find me at Instagram at underscore Janine Thompson underscore. So that's where you can find me, and I would uh, I would love to hear from you. Very nice. Well, um, do you have any closing thoughts for our audience? Yeah. You know, if you could just close your eyes for a moment and. Put your hand and one hand on heart center and the other on your belly and just take a few breaths to your own rhythm. You don't need to change your breath, but just feel the inhale and feel the 
feel the exhale. And just keep breathing to your own rhythm and know this. You truly are what you seek. You are more powerful, loving, wonderful, amazing than you can imagine. And uh, I invite you to go on the inner journey. It is where the freedom, the joy, the peace, the meaning, whatever you seek can be revealed and uh, realized. And if we all could just learn to live from our inner genius, our soul, just a little more each day, oh my goodness, the life that you will create for yourself, the impact that you will have on others is exactly um, what we're here to do and what our beautiful earth needs from us right now. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I'm not surprised, but this has been a wonderful episode. (laughs) Janine, I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. I've thoroughly enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you. I am delighted to be with you, like-minded spirit. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. We've been talking with Janine Thompson, and the topic tonight has been... 911 from your soul the name of her latest book you know it's uh it's a curious thing it seems like uh, our ego's the lowest common denominator it in a way in a way it has the last say up to a point I mean, how many people are so busy in their mind? They're checking their phone. They're they're on social media, busy, busy, hurry, hurry, scurry, scurry, and their mind consumes a hundred percent of their consciousness. And then, like we've talked about tonight, the there's an awakening or a transformation, and a much bigger sense of self comes into play, and the ego kind of. It, it's not like it's pushed off the map, but it's role shifts. And I think, from my perspective, when the ego uh, understands its, its perhaps divine idea of a role, the divine design of the ego, it's a much easier life for the ego. It's a much, uh, I guess, a harmonious life for the ego and and that transformation if if you've been in busy mind busy ego for decades that transformation can seem less than obvious as far as what the outcome will be but um like i was saying once you've tasted the fruit of of learning how to respect recognize um receive and then fulfill the inspiration of your heart and your soul a whole new dynamic comes in for your life and i really think that a lot of humanities at at a collective turning point both individually and collectively many 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 of us will start to get new inspirations new dynamics new narratives within our own life that 
really is what humanity wants as far as a more authentic storyline for the collective, a more authentic storyline for humanity, uh, a vision of the future that gets us excited, a vision of the future that honors, honors the human element, the human component. And you, the listener, might have inspiration that might not make sense to your mind, uh, a lot of times when the new inspiration first shows up, it's our ego that says, wait a minute, time out. What? <laughs> Did I hear that right? So I, I encourage you, the listener, to to allow yourself the the freedom of fully embodying the idea, the new trajectory, the new idea, the new dynamic of your life. Um Create the space in your consciousness for your heart and your soul to kind of move in and settle down and, and have a and have a more harmonious, unified um, life experience day in and day out between your mind, your heart, and, and your soul. Uh, that, that's soul level living. In in my perspective, that's I think what the next chapter of our human story is going to be about individuals who can truly embody that. And when we do that collectively, um, I think we'll have a fantastic future on our hands. Well, time's up. I'm your host, Les Jensen. It's always a pleasure to bring you episodes, and I always appreciate when you show up for yourself. Here we are at the end of the show, and here you are, too. I applaud you for that. Until next time, thank you for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. To bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.